Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. It seems that everyone is afraid of teaching teens. What if I told you that these are the best years of homeschooling? Imagine having a deep conversation that explores philosophy and current events with your youth. They want to hear what you have to say. They ask questions and share their thoughts and ideas. You learn so much yourself in these years and both grow in unexpected ways. Doesn't this vision win hands down as compared to the typical teenage behavior that we've come to expect? You know, I've been homeschooling teens for quite a while. My oldest is almost 30 and my youngest is 17. So I'm really right in the middle of my last one. You know, he's going to be flying the coop in just a little bit. I've also helped a lot of other people homeschool their teens. It's something that a lot of people are concerned about. When I first started homeschooling, it just wasn't even talked about. It was just assumed that you put your kids back into school once they hit middle school or high school because they needed that. It's funny. One of the most common things that people bring up about homeschooling teens is what about prom? Like, you know, that's the most important uh, part of high school. And there are ways to get around that where they still can go to prom. It's not that big a, a deal. But when I talk to people about teens, I share something that a lot of people think I might be a little bit crazy. Uh, I tell them that my boys know that there are no teenagers allowed in our home. And you might think, okay, wait a minute, what do you like kick them out when they are 13? And no, it's just when you think of teenager, what do you think? What are the, all of the negative connotations that society has for teenagers? You know, they're lazy, uh, full of attitude. They're unmotivated, disrespectful, rebellious, moody. Does that sound like something you want in our home? I, I don't. When you think about it, teenagers really haven't been around for that long. My parents were the first generation of what we think of as teenagers. They were born during the first part of World War II. Their parents were working when they were kids. I have a great grandfather who only went through school through eighth grade and then had to go to work in the steel mills because he had to support his mother and sisters. He ended up being a very successful political cartoonist. But he only had an eighth grade graduation. He was working full time, supporting a family when he was in eighth grade. Now, his kids, my grandfather and his two brothers, 
they also were working when they were in their teens. They had a printing press in their basement and they made newspapers for their community and sold advertising and delivered the newspapers to all of their neighbors. This was just a neighborhood thing, but it was something they were entrepreneurs and they figured out, okay, this is what was needed. And they, they earned some money doing that. After World War II, there was a lot of concern about what would happen when all of the soldiers came home. The women had taken their jobs. The kids had been you know, working and doing what needed to be done. We had to survive as a country without a lot of men doing the jobs, which traditionally at that point, that's who was doing the work. Well, the men came home and the women stopped working, but also the kids did as well. That's when the teenager, as we know them, emerged. They had more time on their hands. They might still have a job, but they didn't need it as much. And there just weren't as many teens working. After World War II, with extra time on their hands, they tended to get into trouble. So if I don't want my kids to be teenagers, what do I want them to be? Well, not much. I want them to be a genius. I want them to be a leader, not afraid to do hard things. I also want them to be a scholar. In order to do these things, we need to change our paradigm. One of the problems with the perceptions of the teen years is that it is bookended with transition ages. And if you listen to my podcast episode with my mom, you know that she's a genius with kids. We talked about the transition ages, 3, 13, and 17 in that episode, and how one of the challenges of the teenage years is they're bookended by these, you know, by two transition stages. We have the 13-year-old who is transitioning from being a, a child to a teen, and they're not quite sure about what's going on, so they're having these issues. And then you have the 17-year-old who is transitioning from being that teenager to the adult, and they're not sure what's going on. So, you know, in that episode, we talked about, you know, how to work through those stages. So I'm not going to go into that uh, today, but definitely go listen to that episode. I mentioned earlier that I wanted my kids to be scholars. Uh, I started homeschooling using a classical approach. And I still love many aspects of this approach, but I found that it didn't meet the needs of my kids in the early phases of their development. Leadership education is something I changed to when my fourth son was in kindergarten and he just, he rebelled against the classical approach. And so I'm like, okay, got to find something else. And that's when I found leadership education. And one of the things I love about leadership education is that it recognizes different learning phases. And I, I just found it, it met the needs of our family best. So let me just give you a, a brief outline of what the different phases are. So you can see the foundations of what I call a scholar phase. So for the core phase, what they call the core phase, this typically starts at birth until around eight years old. 
And, you know, when you look at these phases, kind of envision it more of as a sphere, the core is always there and continues to play a really big part in education throughout your life. So during the core phase, or when you're developing that core, your child is learning about what is right and wrong, good and bad, you know, what your family values are, and, and a little bit about their identity. Now, it doesn't mean that your kid isn't learning other things. It, it just means that these are the most important things that your kids need to learn in order to have a really good foundation. And if you have a child who does not have a solid core, even if they're like, you know, 13, they need to go back and develop this solid core. It, you know, usually at an older age, they can develop it much quicker than, you know, eight years, but, but it is something that is foundational. Obviously it's the core, but it's, it's really needed to have that solid foundation. Okay. After that, it's the phase of love of learning. And this builds on the core phase. And if you're familiar with the term unschooling and, you know, as a homeschooling philosophy, this is kind of what it looks like. It's very child directed. Kids are encouraged to learn and, you know, you can often get a hint of what their genius might be at this stage. But this love of learning stage, actually, I feel starts at birth as well. But the focus for this is really from like, say, seven to 12 is when you really focus on this. But you want to have your kids loving learning all the time, which is, you know, why it's, you need to look at this more of as a sphere. And this is just another layer that you're always working on. And then we have the scholar phase and the scholar phase is approximately 12 to 18 years old and the teen years. So that's why I want my teens to be scholars rather than teenagers. And during these years, that's where a lot of changes are going on. And that's when I bring that classical education in. Thomas Jefferson Education book by uh, Oliver DeMille is a great place to start if you want to learn more about leadership education. But when I say I want my kids to be scholars, this is what I'm talking about. And this scholar phase, it just corresponds to the teen years and with adolescence. So, you know, that a growth spurt is a great sign that this is what's happening, that they are moving into this stage and that things are changing. And, you know, just like a three-year-old, a new scholar wants to take initiative, wants to test the rules and things like that. And you know, they want to figure out who they are and their own, you know, have their own ideas. And, you know, sometimes that can be not what your ideas are. And so that's kind of a challenge. So one of the most important things you can do to help your kid transition into that scholar phase is to listen and reassure them and validate them. And one of the things when my kids hit, hit this age, you know, so we're talking, you know, 12, 13 years old is I give them different responsibilities and opportunities. And that might seem when you're going through those ages, it might seem counterintuitive because here they are acting like a three-year-old and you want to take all of these responsibilities away from them. But in actuality, if you give them more responsibilities, you know, they have to, if they have lost your trust and you have to walk them through building that trust back up again, but giving them responsibilities basically is telling them that you have faith in them. 
Okay. And so, and I know this is more of a parenting thing and everything, but when you're homeschooling, parenting and education go hand in hand. And what is the most important lesson you're going to give your kids? Quadratic equations or being able to be trustworthy and hardworking? I mean, I choose the latter every day. You're going to use that every single moment of your life where quadratic equations, yeah, depending on what you do in your life, you know, not so much. Most people, not so much. So anyways, while you, while our kids are going through these changes in their bodies, in their brains, it's really helpful if you can help walk them through it and let them know that this is normal and it is something that is supposed to be happening. So one of the things, especially if you're homeschooling, that is really important to understand is that your role changes as your kids get older. You and your kids, you know, quickly figure out that you don't know absolutely everything. But when they're little, it's like, oh, mommy can fix this, you know, daddy can fix that. And yeah, once you get to like the higher level math and sciences, unless that's what you do, you know, unless you know everything about history, you know, and economics and all of that, yeah, there's always something you don't know. And your role, ideally, in the teen years becomes more of a facilitator for your child's education. You're still the primary educator in that you arrange for the education and you oversee the education, but hopefully at this point, you're also pulling in other parents and other mentors for your kids. I haven't really talked about what a mentor is. So let me take um, a minute to do that. There's a really big difference between being a teacher and a mentor. A teacher fills a bucket, you know, they pour in information. As a teacher, I was supposed to check off boxes. I needed to make sure that uh, all of the standards were met. As a mentor, I look at things a little bit differently. A mentor helps you figure out where you need to go and then helps you get there. So your kids, especially your teenage kids, need you to be a mentor rather than a teacher. And you need to have other mentors involved in your kid's life in the teen years because they're trying to establish their own identity and break away from their identity as your child. And that's so that they can grow and be their own person. And that's a natural um, break that needs to happen. They're not acting this way because they don't like you anymore. It's a natural thing. It's not personal. And too often as parents, especially parents who have spent, you know, their life educating their kids, it's sometimes really hard to transition yourself during this stage because you just are doing so much for your kids and to kind of look at your role differently can be challenging. But this is where finding a community and helping your kids get involved in a community and finding it's not, you know, the peers are important and you want to find positive peers for them to be around, but it's more the mentor. This is so funny. I mean, I have mentored, you know, hundreds of kids and parents and, 
And I talked to all of these kids and the parents, and I talked to my own kids and my son, I have mentors for him. I have trusted adults that are strategically in his life. And I I remember I was talking to him about this one subject just over and over again. And it's like, it just wasn't sinking in. I had a friend who was, we were doing carpooling and she was driving him on a regular basis every week. And one day he came home after getting a ride from her and he said, oh, mom, Mrs. So-and-so said this and this. And, you know, and I, I just think that's so cool. Well, it was the same thing that I had been saying to him for probably months and he just wasn't hearing it. My friend said it and it sunk in just because it wasn't coming out of my mouth, to be honest. And that's why, you know, having this community and and having a community for yourself is so important during this time. It's important for them too, but it's important for you so that you can have those trusted adults that you put in your child's life that they can hear a little bit more effectively than you. So, so anyway, that is something that is, is really important. So helpful when you have, when you're going through the teen years so that you can help your kid get through these years and also get through them successfully yourself. So I also said that I wanted my kids to be leaders and part of being a leader is really living your mission, you know, realizing your genius and mission. I've talked about before how mission I feel is is a little bit too heavy of a word, especially for kids. Realizing your genius is the term I use kind of to fill in for that, to use instead of mission, it really is not completely equal in that, you know, that genius is the hard work, the developing the skills and abilities and realizing that genius is the application. And so realizing your genius is taking those, what I believe are God-given resources that you've developed and sharing them with the world. So, but mission is something that, you know, before I had developed this whole theory about realizing genius, mission is something that I I talked a lot to my kids about because I want them to be able to lead out in their lives. I want them to be the protagonist in their own life story. And so it is something that I try to instill in them. But it's something that you want to talk about with your kids as they're growing up. So, you know, that you want them to be a leader. It's not that you want them to be the president or something. It's that you want them to be that protagonist in their own life, in their own life story. So anyway, having this vernacular in your home really helps your kids think about it as well. I know when my oldest son was, he was probably about 13 and I had just found leadership education, was trying to implement it in our lives, in our homeschooling. And he came to me and he told me that he didn't want to take music lessons anymore because it was kind of evident that his younger brothers, our twins are very good musicians and they were kind of passing him up and it was real hit to his ego and self-esteem that his younger brothers were getting better than him in music. And 
So we were using these terms, you know, genius and leadership and things like that. And he didn't think he, he was a genius. He didn't think he had that leadership quality because his brothers were better than him. And this was a really big thing for me because one of the reasons I decided to homeschool was because I wanted my kids to have music. And, you know, I just knew that the way the education system was set up, it was just really hard to fit music in, you know, like as a music lessons at after school and things like that, especially if you wanted to also do any sports, you know, music and soccer practice and everything. It's just, it's hard to do if you are also doing the traditional school system. So Anyway, I also believe that music uh, really adds a lot to education. It just helps your brain develop everything else. But anyway, so having my oldest son say he wanted to stop music was a, kind of a hit to me. And I had to kind of step back and look at it as not that filling of a bucket and instead look at my child and see where he was where um, he needed to go and how I could help him get there. And so I needed to stop and listen to him and really figure out what was going on there. And it was really important that he know that he was a genius, that he had the leadership qualities that he could develop into something that he could share with the world. And so I took the time to listen to him some more. And then I shared with him different stories. I shared with him that he did have a genius. And first of all, I also, even though it was hard, I let him quit music. He didn't have to take music anymore because I could see that was more detrimental than a positive influence in his life. So I let him quit. He had to be able to be part of that decision. And, you know, and at 13, that was, it was a pivotal stage for him that he needed to be able to do that. And then I shared stories. I shared lots of stories of how, you know, I remember when he was probably like maybe three, three and a half and his twin brothers, I would put them, you know, just to, you're always trying to figure out ways that everybody's going to be happy. And I have this picture of the two of them sitting in walkers, you know, just looking at him and they were all propped up because they, there's no way they could actually use the walkers, but it was just another place to another set of arms to hold them type of thing. But they were both set up looking at him and he was telling them a story. And even at that age, I mean, really barely communicating he told stories and he told them well. He's been telling all of us stories for his entire life. He is an amazing communicator. And when I was able to share that with him and even, I even share some stories that he wrote when he was little, it kind of opened things up for him. And allowed him to see himself as a genius, see himself as having those leadership qualities that he could express in different ways than his brothers were. And it kind of helped him transition, you know, in from that child to that teen 
allowing him to see that in his life and in himself. So I want them to be that genius. I want them to be that leader. I want them to be that scholar. And by understanding all of the different things that are going on in in their lives and in their brains and their bodies and, and sharing that with them and helping them transition through those stages, it really makes a difference in the teen years. These years don't have to be a challenge. They can be amazing if you are understanding what your role is, how your role as a parent changes, how all of these things that they're going through are not personal attacks on you. Rather, they are just transitions that they need to go through to get to the next step of being a, an adult, a leader in their community, the protagonist in their own life story. And it's worth it. It's worth the work. It's worth uh, changing your paradigm uh, so that they understand who they are you don't have that rebellion and moodiness as much it's still there but if you understand why it's happening it makes it easier to go through so i hope this helps i hope you understand you don't have to have the stereotypical teenager in your home anymore and if you have any questions or, or want to reach out just my website is realizinggenius.com what I'd like to leave you with you know, at the end of this episode is my vision for you. Uh, so many homeschoolers will tell you that they're going to homeschool until their kids get to middle school or high school. They don't think they can do more than that. And I'm here to tell you, you can. When your kids were three, they needed you there physically. Now that they're older and are in scholar phase and going through adolescence, they need you there emotionally. They need you to find mentors for them. They need you to share their vision of their genius, and they need you to find the right community for them to grow and learn. I have a good friend that says that homeschooling fixes two generations at once, and I totally agree. While you're helping your child find their genius, more than likely, you will find your own as well. If you need a mentor or if your teen needs a mentor, that's one thing I do. Reach out. Give me a call send me an email. I'd love to talk to you about it. The first coaching call is on me. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.